this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 1030 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Today's going to be a little different uh, sermon. We're going to tag team this sermon amongst several of us here today. And um, uh, Zach's notes are up here. And if you didn't know, the first time Zach ever preached at this church, I accidentally threw away his sermon notes right before he was about to preach. And so he always gets nervous when I stand near any of his notes for today. Um, My bad. (laughs) Uh, Our scripture today is Luke 19, verse 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. So this week was a unique week of ministry. I was out of the office directing uh, junior camp at Camp Kumbaya, third through fifth grade camp. Zach was in Kansas City with youth who were serving on the Disciples Summer Mission Experience, and we wanted to spend some time sharing with you all about those experiences. I mentioned to you all when I did this survey about your favorite stories of Jesus. I noticed right away that those of you who shared uh, your favorite stories, most of you chose stories that were less Jesus doing amazing miracle things and more about the encounters and the conversations Jesus had with people. Um, The woman at the well, the longest recorded conversation Jesus has with anyone in the Gospels was mentioned. Uh, The woman caught in adultery about to be stoned to death was mentioned. And Zacchaeus was mentioned several times by some of you. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. This meant that like Jesus, he was a Jew, but a Jew who decided to work for the Roman Empire. Today, we tend to call this person a sellout. The Roman Empire would get their taxes or else they could throw them in jail. Tax collectors had all the power to do this. All Rome cared about was getting their taxes. They didn't care how they did it. They didn't care if they took extra over and above for themselves as long as they got their taxes. P. 
People hated these guys. I mean, hated tax collectors. And this is who Zacchaeus was. But he wanted to see Jesus. And the good news for all of us is that as much as Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, Jesus wanted to see him. Not to see him or talk to him, but he wanted to come to his house and eat with him. And Zacchaeus was so moved, so moved when he watched people critique and criticize Jesus for the company he chose to keep. This man was a sinner, and Jesus wants to go to his house. And Zacchaeus is so moved by this encounter with Jesus, he says, look, I'm going to make it right. If I've, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to pay it back. I'll even pay it back fourfold. Jesus' grace and mercy change Zacchaeus. You know, uh, I remember some years ago, there was a man who had been coming to our church for a while. And one day he came up to me after the, after the Sunday worship. And he said, well, you know, your preaching's okay, Kara, but I've been waiting and I've been listening for your, when you're really going to put the fear of God in these people. I've been waiting for the fear and, you know, all the other words we used to talk about that stuff. And he said, I'm waiting for it. You know, let him know how big, how important this is. And I had to tell him right there in that moment. I said, look, I actually do not think fear changes people. I think it makes them hide. I think it makes them feel real bad and be scared, but I don't really and truly believe that fear works to change. Besides, what we see in Jesus, what we see from his ministry is a savior who took down the stones of fear and shame that we throw at each other a savior who would cross all bounds just to dine with this sellout sinner named Zacchaeus. Jesus doesn't come to Zacchaeus with fear. He uses the tools of the trade that he will use again and again in his ministry. Love, grace, mercy. And it was that encounter with Jesus that experience of Jesus' love and grace and mercy that changed Zacchaeus. Today, we actually get a special tangible reminder of Jesus' love, grace, and mercy as one of our own steps into the waters of baptism today to claim your faith, a faith in Jesus who offers us all his love and his grace and his mercy Thanks be to God that we get to receive this gift and that we all get to witness this in baptism today. And there are not going to be any climbing trees, but in the spirit of Zacchaeus today, I wanted you, you to hear a little bit about how I have seen Jesus at work this week. First, I wanted to mention what a joy it's been for me to hear from some of you who delivered some of those welcome home gifts last Sunday to people across Hopkins County. I mean, someone said, I was at their house for two hours. I couldn't get out of there. But you were there, and you were making new friends. You got 
uh, tours of these new houses and you got to hear the stories of survival and the trauma and you got to be the one to hand those gifts out and I really thank you. When we were doing this, um, we weren't sure if everyone was going to take them. I, was, I had in my back pocket ways that I was going to nag and hound you at the door till those cups were gone but we didn't even have to do that they were everyone just made it so easy and our cup runneth over church and I, I see Jesus in all of you so thank you for doing that but I was at camp this week at Camp Kumbaya in the midst of extreme heat warnings we had some ticks we had some bug bites we had some stings some first aid moments, uh, a bracket of braces fell off, and I believe at last count, four teeth fell out. And I am happy to say, I think they were all expected to fall out, but I was getting a bit paranoid as camper after camper came up to me with a tooth in their hand. I appreciate this church's willingness uh, to see that as a worthy place for me to spend my time. I tell you, if you look at any church, any church that has a thriving children and youth ministry, not only do you see the staff who are willing to be a part of that, but it's not just the staff. You see adults from their church that are willing to give and serve and be a part of it. We had six counselors uh, from First Christian Church Madisonville with me in that extreme heat at Kumbaya this week. They gave up their work, they gave up income, they gave up their comfy beds and air conditioning because they care about this ministry. And I thank them all, truly. Um, but in spite of those, the heat, the ticks, the bug bites, the stings, the first aid, the braces, and all the teeth falling out. Oh, and I forgot to mention, did I not mention lack of sleep? That is an important one. I'll be honest. For me, it's not all about the children. I selfishly am in it for myself, for my own spiritual cup. To get out of the walls of the church building to spend time in God's creation, and to just get to watch young people build community together, to be leaders, to serve, to stand up among them, and to break the body of Christ, and to invite their fellow campers to come. I watch them be vulnerable. Um, one kid told me that this was her first time to ever pray out loud anywhere in her life, and she did it in worship this week at Kumbaya. I get to watch their generosity as they support each other and encourage each other and give to the camp offering and uh, cheer each other on as someone sings their very favorite song at the talent show on Thursday night, uh, like Zacchaeus. I know that I am the one changed just by being a part of that, to glimpse that up close. I might be a little more tired today. I might have a few bug bites. But I know that I am changed because of glimpsing his love and grace and mercy. And I'm going to pass the baton. 
as this week started, I asked our students if as they went through the week, uh, I asked if they would be here on Sunday to share. A few of them had to go back to work this morning because they had missed out on a week of that. And a couple others have already went on to their next thing. But these three uh, answered the call to come and talk a little bit about their experience in Kansas City. So I'm going to pass this off right here. They're going to introduce themselves to you. I just graduated from Madisonville North Hopkins, and this was the third Disciple Summer Mission trip that I've been on, and all I can say is each trip has truly made me appreciate like what these organizations are doing and getting to help other people, and it's, it's made me value the time that I've put into it to help others. But I want to tell you a little bit about what we did. The first day, we helped out at a place called Crosslines. It was a market for those in poverty, and they could come in and get items for them and their family, and each item was based on a point system, but we did a lot of breaking down boxes and unloading boxes and putting things on shelves, and it was just really something to be there and see these people getting things they needed and knowing that we're helping. And and the second day, we helped out at a women's boutique, and it was a place for single moms to come in, and they could take their children to the little child room, and um, they could go shopping. And I was at the front desk, and I was checking in people and asking if it was their first time there. Some of it was, some some of them it was their first time, but I just got to help them out and. It was, it was really something to see, because I wasn't expecting um, to see moms of all ages coming in. So that was, that was a bit shocking, but I, it was really good. And um, I'm really glad that I got to go. And I hope to be able to chaperone on future mission trips and get to learn and connect with more people. Hi, I'm Danielle, and when we went to the mission trip in Kansas City, we helped at a place called Crosslines, which is a place that helps people in poverty get basic things that they need to live, um, like water, food, soap, and things that help with like overall health. Uh, we did things like stocking, pricing, unpacking, and sorting many items. And overall, we helped many, many people, and it was a very well-organized company. Oh, wow, it's trying to make me install a new thing. That's great, hold on. <laughs> Hi, my name is Thea Dorn, and I've been going to this church since the summer of 2021 after I helped out at VBS, and Zach invited me to go to the Holiday World trip. And ever since then, I've gone to almost every church trip and event that I could do and help out as much as I can. Um, this was my first mission trip, and it was more than I expected. I know that we were, I knew that we were going to a women's shelter, but it was actually a women's boutique. And 
I got to go and help out with the kids, and I actually had to download a child lock so they couldn't touch the screen while they were watching stuff on my phone so the mom could have her phone back. And one of them just kept messing everything up. <laughs> and um, the women could come to the shelter, uh, not the shelter, the boutique, and get clothes on, like a certain amount of clothes, but it was a good outfit that they could get. And they could also go to classes there to help further their knowledge. Later that day, we went to a place called a turning point, And it was a homeless shelter and a food pantry. We were unloading boxes, unloading pallets, and we were organizing them for the other group that was with us to put them into other boxes and on store shelves and um, so that people could come through there and pick out what they wanted and needed. There was also a shelter right next to it, and when most people think of a shelter, a homeless shelter, normally what comes to mind is what you see in the movies, the metal bunks lining a white-walled room, and um, it was actually wasn't like that. It was more homey, and uh, we went in there to go change into our bathing suits to go to the splash park later, and it looked like my very own bathroom at home, and it just makes somebody feel more human than the metal bunks and the four brick walls. And I love that very much. I am so glad that I went this year because I wasn't able to go last year because of my parents being scared of the Ukraine war. And, um, and I was so glad I got to uh, uh, help out even in the smallest ways. And I'm definitely grateful for everyone that helped my youth group go on this mission trip and I'm just very grateful. Thank you. I want to thank each of our uh, people for speaking. It makes what I have to do a lot easier uh, up here, though it is a hard act to follow. Uh, something that stuck out to me in our story uh, was kind of just how much Zacchaeus had to be disliked. He uh, couldn't get into the crowd. I learn on these types of trips how important who's standing next to you is. Because if you don't want the person standing next to you standing next to you, the whole thing is ruined. I'm talking prayer time, worship time, who's standing next to you is important. And Zacchaeus could not find anyone to stand next to. So he ended up climbing a tree. Now... I don't, I'm not a huge fan of routine. I'm a bit commitment phobic. I'm a bit routine phobic. They make me nervous. They make me feel kind of constrained. And when I think of Zacchaeus, I think he probably had a routine too. But his routine doesn't involve what I do. It involved a lot of things in the ancient world, collecting water, basic necessity stuff. But it also included hurting others. See, tax collectors, as Kara mentioned, I like the word crooks. They robbed those who had so little and used it to benefit this massive empire that didn't need the money. And on top of that, he made himself rich as well. So he's like so many in the ancient world. He had this routine, but it included hurting those same people who Jesus advocated for. And on DSM, during this week, we got the opportunity to work with folks who had been hurt in a variety of ways. You heard it mentioned, cross lines, single mom KC. Another group I'd like to highlight is Harvesters, which was a food collection organization that we organized food, a ton of, I'm talking two hours of sorting asparagus into things and putting it in a massive box. 
but they fed over 250 food banks, food pantries, and community kitchens across the state of Missouri. And as one of the people, a couple mentioned, a turning point who worked with people who lived on the street. Now, they sort of had to sort food, and there were a bunch of different categories. But one was, I want you to put everything in these boxes over here that we don't need. They're going away. That's what they told us when we signed up. And I asked them, I said, what do we, where do they go? And they go, well, these go to places and different organizations that we don't fit, they don't fit our mission. They don't fit the type of meals we make. They don't fit the way that we do it. And I found out that one of the groups that they support was another group we went to called Della Lamb, which was the only refugee resettlement organization in the state of Missouri. Currently, they were help settling refugees from the Sudan, South America, and the Middle East. But after talking to a lot of organizers throughout the week, I realized that a lot of these ministries were all interconnected together. They supported each other. When they got something they didn't need, they passed it on. It made me think about one of my professors, a man I truly admired in seminary. His name was Dr. Pete Gackey. He ran Manor House Ministries in Memphis, which was a homeless hospitality organization. I had the pleasure of learning from him and supporting that organization throughout my time in Memphis. But he told me this story. One day, two people popped up on the porch asking to volunteer before they opened. It wasn't unusual. Dr. Gacky was not the most organized guy in the world. If you wanted to show up and help, you showed up and helped. Um, so he invited them in. He said they were both really inquisitive. They were hard workers. They were polite. They even volunteered to stay and clean the bathrooms slash showers, which nobody wanted to do. And a few weeks later, uh, he was opening mail, and a check arrived for multiple tens of thousands of dollars from a nonprofit that was created by a St. Louis baseball player. And he had been happened to be in Memphis rehabbing an injury with their minor league team when he volunteered. Dr. Gacky looked at the check, and he had to decide what to do. The amount of money was more than the operating budget for two whole years of Manor House Ministries. He could have expanded could have added more staff and more days and more showers and more space, but he didn't. He decided to take and do some upgrades that he needed, and he sent about 70% of it out to other nonprofits around the city. Immigration justice, community gardens, youth feeding programs for underprivileged students in Memphis City schools. You see, Dr. Gacky came from a community called the Open Door Community in Atlanta when he was at Emory, a uh, impactful group that started hundreds of ministries. But unfortunately, six years ago, they had to shut their doors because they tried to do everything. They got too big. They overstretched themselves. They ended up losing the properties and the ministries that made them so essential. They stretched themselves too thin, and it ended the important ministry of people in Atlanta and Georgia. Now, Manor House is still there, working each and every week to help people. See, the group in Atlanta... They became unsustainable. They spread themselves out. And that made me think of Zacchaeus. His life wasn't sustainable. He'd hoarded his wealth, and it brought him isolation, and he was ostracized from the community that he was born into. The others may have wanted to see Jesus for a lot of reasons, because it, it was the gossip of the town. It was the interesting thing to do. What else are you going to do? But I think Zacchaeus was looking for something that day. He was looking for the meaning that he had lost because of his theft and because of his sin against his neighbor. I do feel bad for Zacchaeus, not just because he has a wonderful name. I do. I don't know why. I guess my parents really wanted to be, be, to be an IRS agent. That was their dream when they named me Zach. Um, 
They all ran and they gathered for just a quick glimpse of seeing God on earth to just get a slight hint of heaven. But for me, I get to see it as part of my job. Now, mission trips and camps are tons of work, but it's good work. It has the privilege of getting to do the work. And all of us, just by sitting in this room, we get to hear, participate, and see the work that God's doing through this community of faith. We get closer to God through our own actions, but also through the work of others. It's easy to get into a routine of not paying attention to what's going on. Tornado relief, the support of Hopkins County Christian Food Bank, Help Build Hope, Habitat for Humanity, that's just four of the myriad of ministries that are supported through First Christian. So I hope you will take the stories you've heard today and look for God in them and in your own life. Ask someone how you can help. Pray, pay attention to someone who you may have regularly ignored and pray for a new view of an ongoing situation. Or maybe take after Zacchaeus and just spend some time climbing a tree. Maybe you'll see Jesus there.